Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Today, we are finishing up our series going through each Enneagram type in detail. So we're going to run through a description of today's type, their motivation, spheres, worldview, and more. I'll also give you common mistypes as well for the type. And today we're discussing type nine, the peacemaker. Now, before we jump in, I have to give you my work from home disclaimer. We are still self-quarantined, which means you might hear my little kid out there in the hall playing and enjoying his life. You might hear my husband walk around. You might hear neighborhood sounds of people walking their dogs, things like that. So just be warned. It's a funny time and, well, life happens and sounds happen. And I also have to remind you to check out my book, The Honest Enneagram. It came out this month, and I'm so excited to have it out into the world and in your hands. Seeing you guys share pictures just means the absolute world to me. And I get to read every single review that's left, and those words could not mean more on both a work level, but an emotional level. (laughs) So thank you so much for taking the time. For those of you who take the time to review things that we put out, it means so much. If you're self-employed, you create all of this stuff, you hope people enjoy it, and you don't have a boss to say like, good job. And so when you get the feedback from the people who you're creating for, it really is kind of the only feedback that you get. And so it means a lot to me when people take the time to share their kind words. Now let's talk about type nine. (laughs) So the motivation for type nine is they want to create harmony in their environment. They want to avoid conflict and tension to preserve things as they are and to resist whatever would upset or disturb them. They fear loss and separation. Type nines are empathetic, easygoing, and peaceful. In childhood, nines learned that the best way to keep the peace was to minimize their own presence. They absorbed the idea that if they were to speak up and ask for what they need, then they would just be creating more problems. This can lead to a lifetime of learning to merge their desires with the needs of the room, a practice that ultimately makes the nine quite likable and also disconnected from a deep understanding of who they really are and what they want. Type nines are conscientious, adaptable, selfless, and likely the most likable person that you know. Nines are in the gut or the anger triad. For type nines, this can look like this inner fire that's kind of constantly being told to stay quiet. Like, okay, like that's a little much, like keep it chill until one day it blows up. (laughs) Nines tend to struggle with numbing out. It's an attempt to preserve peace of mind and that can turn into shrinking of their desires, their preferences, and overall their feelings. They orient in the world with the belief that the world isn't a place in which they can share their strong opinions, preferences, and ideals. Because of this, they may not speak unless they're certain they have something worthy of sharing. And then they may even speak up timidly in a way that is easily dismissible. They may shrink their preferences or pretend to enjoy things they don't really care for, over-identifying as easygoing out of a way to not lose connection to those they care about. 
In relationships, type 9s may find themselves pushing down their preferences so frequently that they end up blowing up or maybe even staying in bad dynamics for too long out of fear of the unknown. It's also not uncommon for type 9s to wake up and realize that they haven't made any of the decisions for their life up to this point. They said, yes, that's fine, I can do that all along the way until one day they wake up in a life that they didn't choose. The lines to our 9 move to and from type 3 and to and from type 6. In rest, a type 9 moves to type 3. Using the high side of type 3, 9s can take the time to prioritize who they are and what they want. They can take the time to put themselves out there creatively and socially, letting others know what they bring to the table. They can use this move as a way to increase their energy for projects and push through the initial discomfort of doing what needs to be done to reach a point of success. Now, in stress, they move to type 6. When stressed out, type 9s may find themselves in the lower end of type 6. This can look like entering into worst-case scenario thinking, committing for too long to relationships that aren't serving the 9, hyper-focusing on projects and work problems, and finally becoming increasingly passive-aggressive. In this state, the type 9 may avoid looking at the ways in which they contribute to their own unhappiness, focusing instead on the behavior of others. Now, there are two wings available to all types, and it's my belief that we have access to both wings. We might lean into one or the other, but the wings really kind of balance us out so we can pull in the strengths from either of those wings. The wings are only the numbers on either side of your type. So the wings that are available for type 9 are type 1 and type 8. So the type 1 wing, this wing can help type 9s to create discipline and structure for themselves. It can also aid them in developing their vision for an ideal world. A strong sense of right and wrong that uses their skill of mediation and the strong ethics of that one wing to become an effective humanitarian. Now the type 8 wing, using this wing can aid 9s in being more direct and upfront about what they need. It can aid them in setting healthy boundaries and communicating directly instead of passive-aggressively. It can also aid them in developing leadership skills and pushing through difficult tasks. So there are three subtypes available to every number. There's self-preservation, social, and sexual. There's a whole episode just on subtypes that'll kind of give you the rundown on what that looks like, but I want to talk a little bit about what this can look like for our type 9s. So the self-pres 9, they're more inclined to seek physical comfort. They participate in comforting activities. They appreciate routine. They're kind of concrete people who don't relate as much to abstract ideas or concepts. They want more alone time than the other subtypes of nine. They tend to be cheerful and fun-loving. They possess a stronger presence than the other two subtypes. They're also more inclined toward a little bit of a lavish lifestyle and are more likely to be stubborn or irritable. Now, the social subtype of nine prioritizes the group needs above their own. They may be overly generous with resources to please the needs of the group. They have a deep desire to belong to the group and will do whatever it takes to fit in. They may be workaholics. They're very outgoing and energetic. They're kind of the best kind of leader, like a humble leader. They give of themselves unconditionally and can often be mistaken for a three or a two. And then the sexual nine, they're more inclined to merge inside of relationships. They can take on emotions, feelings, and beliefs of of those they are close to. They can lack a sense of structure and certainty in their life that they seek through other people. The least assertive of the subtypes is the sexual nine. They're kind, gentle, and even sweet. They may be so focused on meeting the needs of others that they neglect their own needs. 
Their center of gravity is surrounded by other people. They're really easily shifted and changed based off of who they're around. This type can look like a four or a two. Now let's go through the common mistypes for type nine. Probably the most common that I see or receive is type two. So the similarities between the two are that they're both positive thinking types. They're both aware of everyone around them, and they both kind of struggle with this people-pleasing tendency. I want to say that I go into depth on this mistype in our mistyping episode between two and nine. So if you are curious about this particular mistype, I highly encourage you to go listen to that episode. But the major difference is that twos desire to help, while nines desire to be easy to get along with. Sometimes being easy to get along with means staying out of things, while helpful doesn't always make you easy to get along with. The next mistype is type three. The main similarity here is that they both have chameleon-esque tendencies. They both can kind of merge to make someone around them comfortable. And if you have a particularly successful nine, they may see themselves as a three. The big differences here is that nines are withdrawing, while threes are an assertive or an aggressive stance. So nines are a little bit slower to take action. Threes are much more quick to, to go forward. Threes are future-oriented. Nines tend to be a little bit more rooted in the past. Another common mistype is type four. The similarities can be more behavioral. So if you were looking at behavior alone, you can see why sometimes a nine might think they're a four or a four might think they're a nine. Nines who are particularly creative might think they're a four. Fours who really honor the peacefulness of their life and enjoy the presence of the moment and delight in the simple things may think that they're a nine. The big difference here, though, is that the motivations are very, very different. Nines are motivated by their peace of mind and really struggle with identity, whereas fours are really focused on their identity and focused on finding their identity and discovering it and thinking about themselves, whereas nines are a little less introspective. Other difference is that nines are conflict avoidant. Fours may create conflict to enhance an experience. Nines tend to numb out their emotions, while fours want to feel them fully. Nines find it easy to make new friends and fit in, while fours often feel like misfits or like they don't belong anywhere. Similarities between type five and type nine. They're withdrawing. They both kind of manage their energy, and they can both be a little bit more reserved and quiet. Now, the differences here is that nines value multiple perspectives and understanding everyone's opinion, while fives tend to express intellectual superiority, easily dismissing opinions that conflict with their own. Now, again, this is my brief overview, and if you want to hear more about this type or dive deeper into all of the elements, you're going to want to grab my book, The Honest Enneagram. It goes in-depth into the subtypes, the lines, the wings, um, my description of the type specifically, and also how I work with the type in my method, The Honest Method. So if you want to go deeper, that's where to go. Otherwise, thank you guys so much for being here. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It means the world to me. And I'll see you in the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.